right. That was, uh, that was something else, huh? Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody here today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are wrapping up a series called The Curse and the Blessing. I'm going to do a quick fly over to, to get us up to speed. If you missed any of the parts of the series, you can go to our YouTube page or our podcast or our website or our YouTube channel and catch up in the series. Um, but I'm going to recap before we get into part four today. Let me just tell you uh, where we're going today. I, I feel like it's important that uh, I tell you where we're going today. And I just want to let you know that I struggled this week with this, this message, okay? Sometimes the messages uh, flow easier and, and they come to me, uh, you know, on Monday and the Lord's really gracious to me and I just refine it for the rest of the week. I wrestled with God all week long on one point this week and um Last week at the altar, I was here after every service. I like to come and just pray and, and soak in whatever God has in store for me. And he showed me a vision last week of what response time was supposed to look like today. So when I argued with him this week, he would just say, I already showed you a vision of what it was supposed to look like. And, and let me just share that with you. Um, at the end of the service, during our response time, now we flipped the service, we put Two songs in the beginning. We're doing three songs at the end. Uh, I'm going to ask you to come and gather around the altar uh, if you want a, a, a Father's blessing. And I'm going to explain that today. Um, first service, it was packed, okay? It was, the, the altar was completely packed. I don't know how many people I prayed for, uh, but it was powerful. The Spirit of God was moving as people were receiving the Father's blessing and the empowerment from the Holy Spirit to be all that God has called and created created them to be. Amen. And so that's where we're going today. It, man, I hope you're ready. It's going to be a powerful, powerful service today. As I was praying this morning, the Lord said, you need to begin to speak revival over uh, my people. And, and so listen, we are going to experience revival. We are going to experience healing. We are going to experience miracles. We are going to experience a breakthrough. We are going to experience a great move of God. Amen. All right, let's pray and then we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for everyone that's watching online and I thank you for everyone that's here today, that it is not by mistake that they're here, that you have a word for us today. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd open our hearts, open our minds to the understanding of your word, God, and let us draw a little bit closer to you. We come against the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We cast Satan out, uh, out of this place, out of our hearts, out of our minds. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that we would have laser focus on what you have in store for us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Let's do a quick recap, and then we'll jump into part four today. Part one, we talked about curses, and, and uh, what we did as an act of faith is we nailed the curses to the cross because Jesus said, I am the cross bearer. So we wrote things down on a piece of paper, we stuck it to the cross, and we said, in Jesus' name, it is finished, right? And, 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 
the last couple of weeks, I know some of you have, have continued to struggle, man, continue to fight. Listen to me, continue to fight, all right? We put Satan on notice in part one, right? Because we got aggressive. We went on an offense instead of defense and, and putting things on the cross that for some of us have been in our family for, for multiple generations. And then we talked about uh, the power of the blessing, right? How much how much more powerful the blessing is than the curse. And we also talked about, uh, we had to separate what that word blessing is because many times we associate that word blessing with financial gain or, or monetary gain. And we need, to, we need to just separate that because God wants to do more than just give you a raise, okay, or a promotion. Now, he's got so much more for your life. He wants to bless all areas of your life. And we realize that the blessing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the blessing that we, we've received. And because of that, uh, we talked about the, the four promises of Abraham, um, how they're available to us today because of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, we, we talked about uh, this passage in Numbers chapter 6 that talks about the priestly blessing. The Lord said, this is how I want you to bless my people. And, and the priests would sing this blessing uh, to begin and end every service. And we sang it last week, and it was amazing. And um, it, it was a powerful sermon last week and message last week. And as we step into the promises and the blessings that God has in store for us today, and this is just another step as we, we end, uh, as we end the series today, it's just another step into receiving all that God has in store for our lives. Amen. All right, let's look at the definition of blessing. And you're like, pastor, we're on part four of the series and you're just getting to the definition. Yes. So this is actually the, the, Hebrew, um, the Hebrew definition of blessing. It's speaking into another person what God says about them. It speaks words of empowerment and prosperity. And so where I want to start today, and we're going to end this way too, is the way the Father blesses. We need to understand how the Father blesses and why... God felt that it was important that his son Jesus needed a blessing before he started his ministry. So Jesus hasn't done anything yet, right? He's lived as a carpenter up to this point, right? He, he, he's, he's made tables and chairs, right? He's, he's not, he, he hasn't opened any blind eyes. He, he hasn't healed any crippled people. He hasn't, you know, multiplied, you know, fish and loaves. Like he hasn't done anything yet, and he goes to John and says, John, I need to get baptized by you. And so let's read it here in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him. He says, no, 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 no. I need to be baptized by you. You're perfect. I'm not perfect. Why did you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus tells John, look, this is what the Father is asking me to do. And so I need to be obedient. And, and if you've been here for the, the series, you know that a blessing is always attached to obedience. There's always a blessing attached to obedience. And so Jesus is like, look, John, it doesn't make sense right now that I'm doing this, but I need to be obedient to the Father. Now, remember, remember, 
John is paving the way for Jesus, right? And what he was doing is he was baptizing Jews in, in water to represent them, their sins being washed away. So they would come, confess their sin, and, and, and John would baptize them. And so that's why it was so odd. Jesus was perfect. He had no sin, but he was paving the way for us. He was showing us the way that we should get baptized by water. It's a great uh, symbolic gesture from going death from death to life, okay? And so let's, let's continue. Let's see what happens here in this story. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And so uh, John baptized Jesus. He brings him up and all of a sudden it was like, Oh, right, like, oh, right, like a light from heaven is shining, a dove flies up, like the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is released. And this is what it's important to, to, to know here. When God blesses us out of obedience, the supernatural is released in our lives. Right? Because what's an what's a blessing? A blessing is an empowerment. And so, listen, the Father felt it necessary for the son to receive the blessing of the father, the empowerment of the father before he starts his ministry. So if Jesus needed the father's blessing, how much more do we need the father's blessing also? Let's continue. Uh, a voice from heaven said, this is my son. Okay, this is how the father blesses. Okay, look at this. This is how the father blesses. This is my son whom I love with him, I am well pleased. Look at this. What is the father doing for the son? He's, he's, he's speaking identity into him. He said, this is my son. This is my son. Remember we talked about this last week that, that we, we're supposed to identify as, as sons and daughters of the king, right? We're supposed to live our lives as though we're walking in the inheritance of the king. And this is what the father, he's like, this is my son. He identifies with me. We're supposed to find our identity in Christ and Christ alone. And then he says this, whom I love. He's, he's speaking security into Jesus, into his son in this moment. He's like, I love you. And I want you to know right now, it doesn't matter how bad of a week you had or good or ugly. It doesn't matter how obedient or disobedient you were this week. The father can't love you any more than he loves you right now in this moment. So he gives him security. I love you, son. And then he says, with him, I'm well pleased. This makes no sense. Jesus didn't do anything. Like, he, like he got, I mean, we need to understand, like, sometimes we get caught up in the church life of, man, I need to do this and I need to do that. And then God will be pleased with me. Uh-uh. It's the other way around. God is already proud of you right now because you've chosen to follow his son. He can't love you any more than he loves you right now. You are a son and you are a daughter and he is pleased with you. He's proud of you. Okay. I got six points today. Six ways we put our blessing into action. Okay. We need to put our blessings into action. Number one, blessing people who don't deserve it. Some of you are like, pastor, I wish you would have had five points today. Would have skipped that one. Right? This is a hard one, right? Blessing people. But here's the honest truth. None of us deserve any blessing. 
None of us deserve any blessing from God, yet he gives it to us anyways. And this is how God wants us to treat other people. 1 Peter 3.9, Peter says this, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. What does Peter want us to know in this passage? He wants us to know that all blessing comes from God, that we can't earn it, right? We don't deserve it. And withholding blessing, even from people that you, we don't think deserve it, right? Man, when we bless them, the Father in turn blesses us. And so we live in such a way where we're not holding on to the blessing, right? We become this perpetual blessing to other people, regardless of how they treat us. Number two, number two, second thing, put our blessing into action. The blessing of our words. We've talked about this, that our words have the power to bring life and death. Our words have power to be, to be a blessing or a curse. The writer of Proverbs says it this in Proverbs 16, 24. He says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And so the writer of Hebrews actually says, or the writer of Proverbs says that when we speak words of life, when we speak words that are blessing, it literally affects our physical bodies. It literally affects our physical bodies. That's how powerful our words are. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, worry weighs a person down. Worry, weigh, worry affects our mental health. Anxiety affects our mental health. And the writer of Proverbs says this, an encouraging word cheers a person up. Our words literally can lift depression off of someone. Our words can literally lift anxiety and worry off a person. This is how powerful our words are. They can bring life or death. They can bring a blessing or a curse. Number three, number three, the third way we put our blessing in action, blessing of blessing God. You're like, what is that? How can I bless God, right? If we think uh, about it uh, from the terms of how can I give God anything? He has everything. He's the God of resource, right? He, how can I possibly give him anything? Well, there is one thing that we can give him, and that is our blessing, our worship. And, and, and we, we think, Sometimes we, we forget and we think that God somehow is, is far away, you know, sitting on his throne, disconnected from us. And the reality is when the disciples ask Jesus, how should we pray? How should we acknowledge God? He says what? He says he's a father. He's a father first. He's a father first. And, and we have to remember that the Father has a mind, will, and emotions, right? We're created in the image of God, and He has a mind, will, and emotions, and He desires our blessings. He desires our worship. David says this in Psalms, Psalms 103, 1 through 5, and some of you old school church people remember this song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so what is David doing? He's saying, man, I just, I want to bless the Lord. And what, what he's meaning by that is coming before God with a grateful and a thankful heart. Positioning your heart to bless the Lord. That's what he's saying. Man, I'm, I'm a mess, but I'm coming before you, Lord, and I want to bless you, the God of the universe that has everything, but you desire my worship, you desire my blessing, and that I would position my heart in a grateful position, in a thankful position, like this is what God desires. When we wake up in the morning, we need to position our hearts to bless the Lord, position our hearts of thankfulness and gratitude that we're alive, that we have a home, that we have finances, that we have a car, right? That we breathe, right? Like, like whatever it is, but we're positioning ourselves to bless the Lord. He, he continues and says, he's got lots of benefits. We've we got a lot of bennies with the Lord who forgives all your iniquity. Let, let me just stop there for a minute. That David said iniquities. I don't know if you understand what iniquity is. Iniquity is like horrific sin that's repeated. It's like habitual addiction, habitual habits. And apparently David had some issues. I don't know if this is like good news for you that David was completely messed up, right? And he says, Lord, you even forgive me of my worst sins, of my iniquity. Like, guys, this is the God we serve. This is the God that we get to bless and worship, that he even forgives the worst sins, our iniquity, heals all of your diseases, who redeems. Come on. We serve a God who heals. We serve a God who redeems you from the pit, right? He redeemed us from, from hell, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Remember, we talked about being sons and daughters of the king, and he places a crown on our heads, and that crown is filled with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good. You know, we have a God who wants good things for us, like who, who wants us to experience his goodness so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, some of you today who are weary, who are tired, who are old. David says, listen, it's not five-hour energy and it's not a double espresso that will bring your youth back but it's blessing the Lord. It, it's, it's positioning our heart of thankfulness and gratitude. And instead of grumbling and complaining about everything that's happening, that wears us out, that drags us down, is there problems on the earth? Yes, there is. But we don't have to be worried or anxious or fearful of all of those things because it, 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 it's, it's, Satan has created them to wear us out to get worried and anxious and to be depressed. And what David is saying, man, when we position our heart in thankfulness and gratefulness and we're blessing the Lord, it literally gives us supernatural energy and it doesn't matter how old you are, you can return to youthfulness by blessing the Lord. Number, number four, number four. Blessing your home. Put our blessing into action by blessing our home. Did you know that God wants your home to be blessed? The physical place that you live, he wants it to be blessed. I mean, think about it. 
the home is, is where we spend most of our time throughout the day or throughout the week. God wants that dwelling to be blessed. Proverbs 3.33 says this, the Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. Isaiah 32.18, and Isaiah, listen, I want you to receive this because Isaiah is prophesying over Israel. And I believe that God is prophesying over us right now in this moment through this scripture. He says this, my PLC people will live in peaceful dwellings. Come on, like claim that over your home today, that your home will be a place of peace. We're going to live in secure homes. Our home is going to be a place of security. We're going to live in undisturbed places of rest. Our home is going to be a place of rest. It's going to be a place of peace. It's going to be a refuge. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he literally gives them power to bring peace into homes. He sends them out to go preach and they stay in people's homes. Luke 10, five through six. Jesus says this, whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. So depending on what's going on in that house, the blessing will either stay or go. Guys, God wants our dwelling place, as followers of Christ, he wants our dwelling places to be a place of rest, of refuge, of security for your family and your marriage and for your children and your grandchildren. Like this is the promise. Guys, bless your homes. Pray over your homes a blessing that it would be a place of peace. Jesus shows us that we have the power to do this. Number five, blessing your family. Blessing your family. This is something that uh, Dawn and I started to do. We, we, we pray over our, our family, our, our children every single night. We've been doing that, you know, since the kids were little, you know, 10 years. Uh, we've been praying with our, our children at night. And it's just, it fits with our schedule to do that. But recently, I've just been praying blessings over my boys. And, and I'll take them in my arms at nine and we'll pray and then and then I'll bless them. And, and I want to show you how Jesus did it. Jesus did it this way in Mark 10, 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. And, and so Jesus physically touched the kids and, 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 and blessed them. And so uh, parents and, and grandparents, I want to encourage you to do this today to start this uh, with your, your family, praying with your, your children, praying with your spouse, praying with uh, your grandkids. You see, when our children hear us pray for them, it gives them security and a sense of belonging. When, when they hear us pray over them, they're like, man, God loves me. It brings a sense of security to them and a sense of belonging. Man, I am part of God's family. I am part. It gives them security and a sense of belonging. And, and listen to me, you can use scripture, numbers, uh, you know, numbers uh, chapter six, you know, that, that 
Aaronic priestly uh, blessing that, that we uh, went through last week. I mean, you can pray that over your kids. You can read that over your kids um, or, or get specific. Listen, get specific. I get really specific with my kids, man. I'm praying blessings over them financially and spiritually and emotionally. Man, I'm praying that God would bless them with amazing wives, right? That would love the local church and be passionate about God. Like I get specific. Listen, Dawn's mom prayed for her spouse for years, and look what she got. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Man, why would we not pray for our children and our grandkids? spouses. Like, like, man, guys, God has given us the power through the Holy Spirit to pray blessings and protection and, and future into and over our kids. And so parents, I want to encourage you, start today and, and just explain to your kids, hey man, this, I, I want you to be blessed. I'm going to bless you in different areas of your life. I want to encourage you, man, bless your, your children and your grandkids. Start doing that today. All right, point number six, the blessing of a father. This was the point, okay, that I wrestled with God for days, okay? I wrestled with God for days, and this, the first five points were great. I breezed through those. This was the point that I struggled with. I wrestled with God on it, and, and I didn't want to do it, okay? I, I just, it, it, some of you think that God is only challenging you to grow, He's challenging me to grow all of the time. Guys, I'm in it with you, right? I'm, I preach these messages to myself all week long, okay? And, and just this, this point, blessing of a father, man, I, I just struggled with it, and, and I was fighting the Lord on it, and so I know that God has a huge blessing and a breakthrough today in this point today, the blessing of a father. Now, you might know this, this, this story of Jacob and Esau. It's like the, the most famous story as far as seeing a father's blessing. Isaac thought he was dying, which he really wasn't, but he thought he was. He was blind, and he wanted to bless his boys. Now, Esau, they were twins. Esau was born first, like a minute or three minutes first, okay? And um, he was, because he was born first, the birthright was going to go to him. Now, what's a birthright? A birthright literally means that he gets a double portion of physical blessing more than the, the second brother, okay? So he gets two-thirds, Jacob would get one-third, okay? But not only does it mean the birthright, it means a spiritual blessing would be passed from Isaac to Esau, and Esau then would become the patriarch of the family. He would become the spiritual leader of the family. Here's the issue. Esau did not care about any of that stuff. He didn't care. He, he literally gave up his birthright to, to Jacob over a bowl of bean soup, okay? Like all Esau cared about was hunting and eating meat, okay? And that's why Isaac loved him, right? Like, come on. And, and, and he's just like, he loved to hunt and, and catch big game and bring dad steak, okay? And so dad wanted to bless Esau, but God had already spoken, and Jacob was to receive the blessing. And so Jacob and Rebekah devise his plan to steal the blessing. He puts you know, 
he puts hair on his arms. And, and, and so he, he tricks Isaac and Isaac blesses Jacob, even though Jacob was intended, it was God's intention that Jacob receive it. And so we see, man, Esau is blessing Jacob. And, and in the story, Esau comes walking in at the end of the blessing. And it's this paralyzing moment for Esau to just, he's just like, oh no. And the words that follow out of Esau's mouth are, are sad. And he runs to his father after the blessing's done. He runs to his father. He's like, you got anything else for me? And the answer that, that Isaac gives him is, is no. Like you're actually going to be rebellious and you're going to fight against Jacob now. And, and so we, we see this in scripture. There, there's something powerful about a father blessing his children. And when we see this, Jacob ends up doing it for, for his 12 sons and his tribes and, and even his grandkids. And there, there's something powerful. Listen, there's just some things in Scripture that are still a mystery. And I think all of us, I know all of us at some level and degree, want the affirmation from our earthly father. Because the way God intended it to be, the way God intended it to be, is that the earthly father would be a type and shadow of the heavenly one. And the earthly father would demonstrate the heavenly father attributes to his children. But because we live in a world that's cursed, right? A lot of us didn't have good fatherly, earthly fatherly examples. And so we've been living this life without the Father's blessing. I want to read this excerpt from this book called Champions for Life. And it's written by Bill Glass. He wrote this in 2005. And it's called The, the Healing Power of a Father's Blessing. And he wrote this after 36 years of prison ministry, okay? And they asked him this question, right? He, they asked him this question in the book, and it's, what is our country's biggest problem? Okay, this is what he said. A lack of the father's blessing. That was his one answer. The FBI studied the 17 kids that have shot their classmate in little towns like Paddock, Kentucky, Pearl, Mississippi, and Littleton, Colorado. All 17 shooters had one thing in common. They had father problems. I see it so much. It's just unbelievable. There's something about it when a man doesn't get along with his father. It makes him mean, dangerous, and angry. And I would even add, there's something about when a woman doesn't receive a blessing from the father. Most likely they chase relationships and affirmation from different men because they didn't get it from their father. And, and so there's something attached to this, this, this father's Blessing, and I'm going to share a story with you that that is from my personal experience, and and um, you know, talking to Chuck about this several months ago, this really sparked something inside of me, and I really can't fully explain it other than the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me leave the state of Florida until I got a blessing from my spiritual father. I felt like it was really important for for Don and I to go, and we're going to do something for the Lord right? That we needed to be blessed by our spiritual father, our pastor that we were under for eight years in Jacksonville, Florida. And so 
we were going through a, a church planting organization to start a church, and, and uh, we had been working with them, and, and uh, the church had, had told us they're going to sponsor us, give us $45,000 to start the church. And, and so we went through uh, this organization, and we went through the whole thing, and, and the boot camp, and they came back, and they said, man, you guys are great, and you guys are called uh, to, to do this, and, and we'd love you to be part of our organization, and, and we'd love to give you matching funds and, and, and all that. A couple days later, we get a phone call from the same director of the organization, and they call us back, and they said, never mind, you're terrible, essentially, right? We don't want you, okay? And so what was happening in the background is our pastor sat on the board of that church planning group, and they wanted Don and I to go be campus pastors over this campus that was dying, okay? It was struggling, and they needed someone to resurrect it, and they wanted us to go do that. Um, and they were asking us to sign a two-year contract to stay there and, and, and to build that church up before we moved here. Well, if you've been through the series, you heard, you know, you've heard my story of getting a supernatural confirmation and, and God giving me a timeline of three years. Well, we were about four or five months away from moving, right? We were about two and a half months, or two years, and about seven or eight months into this thing. And, and I literally felt like I would be sinning if I stayed. And so they, they offered this, this, this job on a campus, and, and the, the executive pastor was like, do you want it? And I said, look, I got to pray, pray over it. And then I said, look, I need to meet with the lead pastor, okay? They already knew I wasn't going to accept this, this position, but I was like, I need to need, I need to talk to, to, to our pastor. And so he didn't want to talk to me because he thought I was going to ask for money. And so it, it was two months before me and my wife got to meet with our pastor and pastor's wife. And the first thing he says to me, he's like, I'm not giving you money. And I said, I don't want your money. I need your blessing. And guys, I cannot understand, I can't convey why the Holy Spirit was just like, you can't leave without the blessing. Like, you need to go with the blessing. I needed to go empowered into all that God has called me to. And I needed my spiritual father to bless us out. And that's what he did. He, he, man, he gave us his blessing. He, he prayed over us and, and, and we left. We thanked him, and, and man, he, we honored him, and for eight years, he transformed our lives. I mean, I, see, I saw Jesus differently, I saw church differently, and I wanted to honor him. I wanted to thank him and his wife for, for everything that they'd been my spiritual father. And listen, I don't know if I wouldn't have, look, if I didn't get the spiritual blessing from him, I don't know if the church would have failed. I, I don't know. But I just know that the Holy Spirit would not let me leave from one place to another to start his church without the Father's blessing. And again, we go back to the Father, blessing his son Jesus, empowering him before his ministry. He felt that it was important that his son knew that his identity was in him, that he loved him, and that he was proud of him before he had done anything. And there's people here today, you've never heard your earthly father say those three things to you. And you've been living a life without the father's blessings. For some of you, this is the thing that 
has stopped you. This is the thing that has stopped you from being all that God has called you to be. That affirmation from the Father. And so today, I'm going to step in that role. If you see me as your spiritual father today, I want to give you that Father's blessing. Now, I saw the vision, okay? First service was crazy. Um, most of everybody came down to receive the Father's blessing. Uh, I had two couples that were in their mid-80s who had never received the Father's blessing. Uh, I had one couple come to me and said that they had never received the Father's blessing and they're working with youth. And now they want to convey the Father's blessing to the, to the troubled youth that they're working with. Listen, you can't give what you don't have. And so I want to give you that today. I want to give you this, this spiritual Father's blessing over your life. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come, and I'm going to pray over every single one of you. I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to receive the Father's blessing today. And you're going to walk out of this place, and you're going to become all that God has called you to be. Come on, let's, let's stand to our feet. The station of the cross is open. I'm going to have you come down if you want me to pray with you. And then, of course, our prayer cove is open. If you want some personal prayer, you can do that also. Let's pray, and then we're going to respond. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment. Father, I thank you that you gave us such a great example of what it looks like to bless. And that you want your sons and your daughters to know that they are blessed by you. And so we just come against every lie of the enemy and we demolish it. We demolish every stronghold that's coming against your children for receiving the Father's blessing today. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.